Holab, hey, listen, Hip Hop Wired, baby, we celebrating 50 years of hip hop, and you can't talk about hip hop without this guy, man. We talking super legendary status, yours truly, Aladdin, Prince of the Airways, turn it up with you, and it's Sony Ray that I get the one, the only, I've been waiting for years to do this, <laughs> you did it good. You did it good. Oh, man. Does that ever get old for you? Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, yeah, I remember mean? I remember at one time people was everywhere I went, people kid I used to get on my nerves, man. I, I'm gonna be honest, but I didn't I didn't really understand the significance is that it was a signature. Yeah, you know, and at the time, you know, I'm just doing what I'm doing, but then later on I realized what it meant and and, and it definitely stuck with people, it stuck with people's heads. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, oh, man, yeah. love, man. So um wow, uh so much to talk about. Uh let's just jump straight into it. Can mm-hmm. can't know where you're at unless you know where you came from. So uh for those that may be new to Kid Capri, I don't know how, but you know, mm-hmm. there, there's a younger generation. So, mm-hmm. you know, there are some out there that may not know Kid Absolutely. Capri and, and how we got it starts. You know, um, let's start off with how you got the name Kid Capri. Oh, girl that we grew up with named Olga Carter. She gave me that name when we was in class and uh, not long after she was killed by accident by a stray bullet. Mm-hmm. So I ended up keeping the name. Oh, and uh, took me to the top, yeah. But shout out to Olga Carter and her family. Wow, rest in peace. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so man, where did when did you first fall in love with music, or when did you first fall in love with hip hop? I mean, I've been falling in love with music since I've been a kid. You know, um, my dad is a soul singer, my grandfather's a trumpet player, play with all the different with the great jazz players. So soul music always been around my house. So mm. you know, DJ thing came out, it was inevitable. I was going to do it and uh, stuck with it. I was the only one that stuck with it from guys on my block that was doing it when I was a kid. And yeah. uh, it wow. took me all the way and the consistency brought me to where we at right now. So, you know, I've seen a lot in this business and I gave my whole life to it. So I, I've been my own boss, you know, for many, mm. many years. So it's been really good. You know, and, and I'm blessed with it. I, I'm, I'm very um, fortunate, I should say, um, because I've seen a lot of people come and go in this business and to sustain as long as I have and be able to do it as, as long as I did it to this level. Um, it's definitely a blessing, man. I don't take it for granted at all. I love that, man. The longevity has definitely been incredible. Um, when was your, what was your, how old were you when you touched your first record? I was a kid. I was a little kid. I was my dad was a singer, so records was around yeah. the house all day. I was little. Yeah. I started playing drums at four years old, so mm. I was already doing it as a young kid. Young DJ came out. I was eight years old, so when I started DJing, I was a little kid standing on top of a milk crate trying to reach the table. Yeah, you know, and it worked out. And I'm just keeping kept going. I had a mixer that had no headphone holes, so I had to guess all the spots on the record. And that's how I got better with it, better than everybody else in the neighborhood. So it was a very humble beginning, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And um, that's what molded you to be the person that you be later on because you appreciate when it wasn't there, you know, it wasn't accessible like that. You being told that it's not a job, it's just noise y'all doing, it ain't gonna last, uh-huh. all these different things. You know what I'm saying? And later on to see, you know, Hip Hop 50 happening and all these different people being celebrated because Hip Hop took care of them and gave them a platform mm. when it was told that it wasn't going to be here long. Mm. You know, it's a major accomplishment. 
you know, and um to be branded, to be branded in in it, you know what I'm saying, is a lucky thing because nowadays it's very it's very easy to for people to be seen, but it's different being branded. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to get branded now because there's so much accessibility. Everybody's somebody. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Everybody has a platform. But in the time we came and through those years before, you you brand yourself so that you can sustain in these years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In these times and, and past these times. So it was a great thing. I love that, man. Uh, so what was your first your first turntable set? Like, what, what was what was the setup? I mean, regular regular things, man. Regular turn, regular stuff. You know, regular hey. turntable. Two turntables, mixer, regular going. Like, <laughs> change. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it, man. So who um like what who are some of your early influences is like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna really take this DJ thing serious. I mean, I used to watch B Ward and Grandmaster Flash and Grand Wizard Theater, all the dudes that was doing it, mm-hmm. you know. Um B War was from Rockwell Incorporated. These dudes are like superheroes to me. So I watched them and I watched them today. You know, nothing changes. Yeah. They're all his heroes to me. We never looked at our, our older statesmen as old school or, you know, down them because they came before. If anything, they were our heroes. They were the ones that laid the groundwork. And we still look at them like that. Right. You know, um, they revered in a, in a high regard. And that's why you've seen all the stuff going on in Hip Hop 50 and you've seen the realness. You've seen dudes rhyming over their beats and not over their records. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. over their voices rather, you know, and, right. and doing certain things, selling out all these concerts and tours, you know, because these dudes are really incredible at what they did and, you know, they laid the groundwork. They deserved it. They deserve it, you know? Absolutely. Definitely deserve their flowers. Um, so when you entered the game, right, uh, let's talk about how you transform the dj culture and introduce the MCing as long with the djing you know what i'm saying rocking the mic while djing like talk about your i'm, I'm giving you your flowers you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying because you definitely you 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 to this day are how djs inspire to be and 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 moving forward like you know one and doing both so just talk about you know where that idea came from and 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 how you continue to cultivate and develop your style. Well, being a one man band, man, you know, um, my first album, Kick Capri to Tape, Bismarck gave me the deal, but I got hot in the streets mm-hmm. because I took the mixtape game and took it worldwide and it just um it just blew me up to other things that I, I wanted to do. I never wanted to be in a box where I was just a DJ or just this, but I blew up big as a DJ. But I always been writing, always been producing. You know, I'm a Grammy Award producer. I got, you know, mm-hmm. different things going on. But but the DJing is really what blew up because I've been on television with it. All these different things I study, you know, the mixtapes, I show DJs how to be a performer, be business, and not be treated as somebody that's just playing records. Mm-hmm. You know, I did all that. I did everything. Yeah. Everything you see DJs doing now is because I set the, a blueprint up for you know what i'm saying for it to happen across the board. Of course, there's DJs that was out before me and during me and all these things that happened, but what I did when I came in the game was let it be a business and, and be treated with respect and not just pe- be treated as something that's just there, mm-hmm. you know, um, amongst a lot of other things. I have a movie coming out and all those things going to be explained to all those things. Gonna mm-hmm. be so, so you're going to see all that, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I, you know, I was, I was fortunate to, to, to learn the word no early, not take everything that was given to me just because it's there. And I'm still like that today. And also not 
take um not let not settle for less and let people you know down what I'm doing and that's what made yeah. me become on top because you know I'm not a go with the flow dude you know what I'm yeah. saying I do yeah. what's right you know what I'm saying what's mm-hmm. the right thing to do and and, and mm-hmm. that's what works and that was what works with people all the way around it's bigger than me it's never about me it's about right. everything that's going on the situation what's the best thing for it and that's what mm-hmm. I think about Man, and and big ups to you because especially, you know, integrity is is major, right? When we work in an industry that it's very cutthroat, it's Mm -hmm. it's it's about doing whatever some people gotta do to get to the top. So you saying that you know you stood ten toes down on integrity and making sure you're doing what's right, not just for yourself, but for the people. That's Mm -hmm. major. Um kind of want to circle back, you know, you're talking about, you know, you you got in with the mixtape game, it's been uh 20 years since the untouchable mixtapes uh you talk about you know um your process and working with k slay and, and that mixtape rest in peace yeah that was um that was it a kid capri style mixtape that was a mm-hmm. k slay k slay style mixtape gotcha. but we got together to make it happen you know um my last mixtape when i left i left and that was it you know what i'm saying when i when i did it I think it was the doo-wop disc tape. Um, that was 90, what, 91, 92, something like that. And I left the game. And when I left, I left up here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just took my career a different way. But then when K when uh oh matter of fact, I did a mixtape for DG Wax in 2010 when I came back. When K Slay asked me to do it, I was more than happy to do it with him, you know what I'm saying? Because he came from where I come from, you know what I'm saying? So as far as like the the time, you know what I'm saying? So I respect yeah. it. You know that he was in it for a long time and uh we ended up just doing a mixtape and it was just it came out we came out really good it wasn't what i normally would do you know what i'm saying but i'm glad i did it did it, you know, did it um, challenge you in, in a way to step out of your comfort zone it never challenges me to step out of my comfort zone because i'm always mm-hmm. stepping out of my comfort zone no matter what if you've seen the bet awards the first one yeah. earlier this year yeah you know it's <laughs> <laughs> that was all live. That wasn't no edits. That was one mess up. Everything would have been done. You know what I'm saying? Dancers would have been thrown off. It would have been over. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm always challenging and always doing something that people probably won't do is daring. And, you know, but when you, when, if it works, when it works, yeah, it works really big. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a beautiful thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Biz Marquee, man. What what did he mean to you? He he uh, gave you your first deal, right? Gave me my first album deal. It's my brother, man. Um, he gave me a deal when I wasn't even looking for an album. Wow. You know, I was hot in the street from the mixtapes, mm-hmm. and I was rhyming on them, saying little rhymes on the mixtapes. But they got so hot in the street that he felt I needed to be on the album, and he could have gave that deal to anybody that was a real rapper at that time that really was looking for a deal. But he gave it to me. He seen something in me, you know. And um, I produced a lot of the album. He got the production deal, so it says produced by Kevin Biz, but <laughs> produced a lot of the album with me and Cool V. And um, you know, uh, and I went on the road with it. Um, I did my first tour. Well, I did my first tour, the public enemy tour, and then I did a cold chilling tour. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun doing that album, man, because like I said, I wasn't looking to do one, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it was a, a great opportunity. I'm on a major label with Warner Brothers, one brother coach and so it was really good. And then um, my next album was 98. You know what I'm saying? I w- See, that's the thing. My Making records never been my bread and butter. You know what right. I'm saying? So that's why I only have now four albums. But 
but my next album was my first album was 91 92 and then my second album was 98 so and then my next album was 2022 you know what i'm saying so, you know, my next album 2023 but that you know so it never been my bread and butter but all the albums is dope you know what i'm saying and, and love album especially is really special because you know i from the first album 30 years ago i'm this is how i sound 30 years later right and, and when i said i was doing the album a lot of people some of my people was like yo kid i don't know until they heard it you know what I'm saying? And then uh, it became different because, you know, like I said, I got so big as a DJ, they didn't look at me as, the, you know, the rapper, or, you know, right, or anything right, else. So, but um, yeah, nobody could put you in no box. I mean, do what nah, you want. For sure, for sure. And, you know, it's so crazy, like, you know, talking about people putting you in the box. It's like people know you for this. And it's like they don't want to give you a shot. At, like, yeah, they don't want you to do nothing else. They don't yeah. see, stop it. They don't see nothing else. They don't see, and you know, so, uh, rightfully so. You gotta convince people. There's a lot of content out here, right? Right. So you know, you got your favorite rappers. You got you know certain people that you you've been zeroing in on for years. So sometimes outside of that, you don't even want to hear that, especially if it's coming from somebody that you don't know that does that, or you know him for doing this certain thing. You know, you're not gonna really be prevalent now. Some people might be curious. We like, let me just see. You know what I'm saying? And then when they see, it's like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. So. When I put the love album out, I put freestyles out. You know, I just did the K Slay 50 MCs joint. Mm -hmm. You know, all these different things people are seeing. I threw a couple of freestyles out on IG. You know, now we got the hidden gems out. So now they're seeing right. it's serious. The beats, right. everything is serious. Right. It's not you just the DJ. You did everything. I do everything. I did it all. I produced my whole album. I produced the whole Hidden Gems album. Nice. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I didn't run to, when I did the Love I didn't run to Drake or run to Lil Uzi Vert or run right, to right. Lil Dirk and say, yo, come get on my album to help me. Right. Not that I wouldn't do records with them. Right. You know what I'm saying? If I had the opportunity. But when I did the Love album, it was about what we're doing. I went and got my daughter. I got a reggae artist, legendary Mr. Lex. Yeah. And I got the, uh, my R&B artist, uh, my, uh, my boy Lavelle, uh -huh. and we did the album, done. You know what I'm saying? And, and it came out beautiful, man. My mother's on the fuck cover with me. I was going to ask you about record. the artwork, guys. Was that you with moms? That's me and my moms on the front cover. My daughter's on the record uptown with me. Nice. You know, uh, she got her own record. She sings. She got mad videos. She do her thing. Being the love is popping. But I put on the record, the rap on the album instead of singing. So, you know, made it a little different. And um. It all worked out, man. It all worked yeah. out. I'm very proud of that album. You know, I know everybody don't know it's there. I know people, it got past some people, mm -hmm. you know, but it got time to grow. Nah, and the Hidden sure. Gems album, too. And, and since we on the album, let me let me ask you about one of the records, uh, The Handsome Woman. Yeah. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Talk to me about the 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 the, the, the creativity and, and the message behind this record. Yeah, um, it's just it's just saying, man. Look, I understand what God gave me eyes to look at. He gave you eyes to see what's going on. And if, whether you agree with it, don't agree with it, it ain't my lifestyle, but I understand the mm. lifestyle. You see what I'm saying? And who are anybody to judge people, you know what I'm saying? The people are people. And at the end of the day, you know, when you tell truth, people resonate with that. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I played that record before I put that record. I had to be very careful about putting that record out. Right. I was say that. I thought right. that was a very risk, but I love the message. Like you know. So, so I, I let you continue. My fault. So I played it for women that live that lifestyle. Mm. Right. To make sure I was doing the right thing, and these women cried. Kid, mm. you understand exactly what we think, and you you got it. We're going to support this all the way. So I made sure that I crossed my T's and dotted my I's before I even considered putting it on the album, before I put it on the album. Yeah. And then when it came out, you know, I never got a backlash. Everybody agreed to what I said and understood what I said. Now, maybe it hasn't got the big fanfare yet. Maybe it has, you know, the world hasn't really seen it, heard it yet. You know, and we don't know what the impact may be later on. But if you listen to my whole album, right, it's a lot of messages in every record I got. Yeah. And it's not preaching to you. It's not corny. It's not sounding like I'm like I'm trying to. It's just it's the love. It's the love. You know what I'm saying? And it, every every joint from the time it start from the truth will never lie to the, to promise. the promise. Now I was good. That was listen. The, the message and in, in the promise like. You like, know how that record came about? A spiritual yeah. advisor. A spiritual yeah. advisor. Okay. Called me and said, I heard you doing your album. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah. I said, I'm almost done with it. He said, do a record called The Promise. He said, I don't know what to tell you to, to, to write or nothing like that. He said, but just make sure you put a record on there called The Promise. Mm. And when he said that, I went right that night, made the beat, wrote it, and it became the last album, the perfect last album to, rec- to end the album with. Wow. And that was the last record I, I made. And um, I'm very proud of that song yeah. because it talks about my family. It talks about the real thing. And it's not done in a corny way or a preachy way. It's just real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the beginning of the album, The Truth Will Never Lie. It's real. If you look at the video and the visual, it shows a mirror in America's face of what's going on in the world and how we are treating people. You know what I'm saying? So the truth would never lie starts the album. I was in asking the interview, why did I start that record with that? Because it's not about me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's about the bigger picture. So that's why I wanted that record to start, and it was the perfect record to start. Mm, I love it. I love it, man. That was definitely a great message. Uh, Well, let's go back. Since we're talking about albums, um, uh, I just recently lost another great friend, King uh, 4-5 King. Um, Let's talk about his impact in in hip hop and how y'all came up with the wonderful you know uh sample for the hard knock life album well he came up with that he gave it to me mm. you know what i'm saying first of all let me before i even go there 45 king is somebody i talk to every day we'll be on the facetime won't even be saying nothing i'll be doing whatever i'm doing in the house he'd be doing and the facetime would just be going this is my like this is my brother like this was my yeah. brother. It was a big, big loss losing this dude. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And um, he's just one of the most talented people, and special people, and eclectic people that you could ever meet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like really, really different. You know, um, just incredible man. It's big loss. But um, yeah, what he did with Hard Knock Life when he gave me that, it was going on my soundtrack to the Streets album. I wanted to put it on the album, and I was on a tour. And uh, Jay Z was on the tour, and he heard me play it. And he, you know, like, "Yo, what's that?" And I, you know, I was like, "You want it?" And I put him on the, on the phone with Mark, Forty Five King, and uh, you know, two weeks later, Hard Knock Life came out. Wow! And that was the door opener for Jay Z to be where he at right now. 
Like yeah. he was making dope rap, but that was the one that kind of opened the door real big for him. Yeah. You know um, what I mean? I mean, how did how did that change everybody's career? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it gave me a I, Grammy I, Award. It gave me a Grammy Award because I put the, it's like that record that for my album that the soundtrack to the streets out, I licensed it on that Hard Knock Life Volume Two album, mm. and I won a Grammy for it. You know what I'm saying? That was your and, and in the streets, praise that record. A lot of people say that's their favorite record on the album. It's like that record. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, boom. A lot of people say that's their favorite record on the album to me. You know what I'm mm. saying? Um, it was definitely a, a big street record that didn't get a lot of radio play, but it's one of them things that the street love. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it worked out great. Nah, I love it. I love it. Um, man, let's just talk about uh, a little bit about how you know, um, the whole deaf comedy jam situation. Like, what was what was that? How did that elevate your career? And just you know, you, Russell Martin, like, y'all created something so classic. Like, you really, like, really took DJing and 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 on that platform and made it something that like kids like myself and so many others was like. That's cool. Yeah, that was that was part of uh, you know, the I want to be a DJ type thing yeah. because you were seeing me on television every night, you know, um, with this comedy show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the five the five seconds that you see me in those spurts meant so much to people there when they were watching it in their living room. It made people yeah. that didn't care about a DJ care now. And especially when we came and we did the, the live concert in a, in a city mm-hmm. and they seen the show and what was really going to happen, how it really went in an s- extended show. Yeah. Then they really got it and it became pandemonium then. But the show itself, actually, I didn't, I was just thinking when it was brought to me, I ain't, I was like, why y'all want to do a comedy show with a DJ? Like, yeah, no, I was wondering, like, how did this create, how did this come about? Like, Russell, Russell and Bob Sumner coming to me, telling me, let's <laughs> do this. And, you know, at first I was like, what? And then I thought, I was like, yo, this is Russell, this is deaf comedy. Gen- I mean, uh, HBO, yeah. you know, let's go do it and get it over with. And we did that, man, and changed my whole life. I, even at the time we were doing it, I ain't, I didn't know how big it, it was going to be or how big it was until we went on that road, man. When we went on that road and I seen all that pandemonium, man, it was just crazy every single night, every night, everywhere we went, everywhere I went after that, every tour I've been on, I'm getting chased all through the street. It was just crazy, man. And, you wow. know, like, you know, it was a, a crazy thing. And then um, that molded me of how I was going to be later on in performing. Because I only had a 15 minute set in the show in the actual concert on tour. So I had to do things quick, play yeah. things quick. And I applied that to my real playing, how I did it everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And that just took it to a whole nother level. And that and that my stage show became more prevalent over everything else. So that's why the DJ became so big, much bigger than everything else that I was doing, because the stage mm-hmm. show is is one of them things, you know. Wow, so we it's safe to say that uh that that actually helped develop your style and and, and how you did things. Yeah, yeah. Later on, as I grew, I mean, I always had as a kid, I was faster and way crazy mm-hmm. as a kid because I was younger. Right. But later on, I be know how to become become an entertainer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? With Def Comedy Jam, it it kind of showed me how to become an entertainer. 
And I had to learn on my own. I had to learn as I was going along. I had nobody showing me because I'm creating it. I'm creating the style. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I was learning it as I was going along. And when I finally got it to where I want, it was unstoppable at that point. It was just now the whole DJ world is looking at Kid Capri and doing what Kid Capri is doing it, the way I'm doing it, the way I talk on the mic, the way I DJ, the way I play the record, the way I look, how I dance, whatever I'm doing, it became the front and center. Right. And I'm very happy and proud of that. Very nice. And uh, talk about like when you practice, like when you when you starting off, what was one of the first things that you you wanted to master? Was it blending, scratching? No, nah, it was just 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 uh really when we started, it was more of just cutting. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even really a lot of scratching. Mm. I remember the first time I seen a DJ go jigga 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 jigga. I was amazed. Debbie <laughs> Cab Rockwell. I seen him go jigga 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 jigga. I was amazed. I was a little kid. Word, because all we seen was people just cut the record. We never seen yeah. the scrap. Yeah. So when you did that, I was like, yo. But he, but Grand Wizard Theodore is the inventor of the scratch. Mm-hmm. But I seen Kev do it. And when I seen mm-hmm. Kev, it was just a simple jigga 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 jigga. Yeah. I went out my mind. Wow. So. Imagine how intricate people are now when you see all the things we're doing now. Yeah, the crabbing. Jigga, and jigga, the jigga, jigga was the first <laughs> That was the first <laughs> Oh, man. Oh. Let's talk a little bit about the evolution of DJing. You know, um, do you even, I, I mean, now you got Serato, you got all this technology. You know, now anybody can pull up a laptop and, and, and be a DJ. Do you miss the days where it was it was going and, and having a prep and and I know you don't miss carrying records, but you know what I'm saying having the crates and 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 that that art of really knowing like all right, I gotta go here, my records here, you know, prepping, planning. Um well that's what prep. that's what that's Jazzy Jeff had to convince me to get on the Serato on the computer because mm-hmm. I used to carry 15 crates of records behind me. I was the first, I'm the only dude when I was the first dude. In hip hop, to own two tour buses because yeah. I got tired of carrying the crates on the yeah. plane. Yeah, I bought my buses mm-hmm. and I would travel with them. And I liked having 15 crates because of how it looked. I'm running to the crates, running back, catching it, you know. So it would amaze people. And I thought when that was gone, it wasn't going to look the same if I got on the computer. Mm-hmm. But when I got on the computer, finally, you know, it got even better. You know mm. what I'm saying? Because I was able to take things out of my house that wouldn't be able to leave my house. You know mm. what I'm saying? Everything could fit in the computer. Everything I needed to do was there. But with that being said, all the things like the controllers and all the things that's out, I don't use these things. I have them. They're all in my house. All the new technology, everything. But I stay on turntables because certain things just don't change for me. Certain things got to remain the same. And people want to see me do that. They don't want to see me push a button. Yeah, which there's nothing wrong with that. We push the buttons on the computer, but I don't want I want to do it myself. I don't want everything doing everything for me, and I just press the button and grab a mic and talk. And like, I mean, not saying that I'm knocking anybody else doing it, it just don't work for me. So, me being on the turntable, picking up the needle, I gotta just gotta touch a needle. I have to, that's what I've done all my life, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So and like I said, I have the reins and all the other stuff down in my studio. I have all that stuff, but On the road, turntables. That's part of the show. That's the show. 
I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts on music now? Um, you know, I I feel like the tangible part of music isn't there. Like it feels like now music is just disposable. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. What's yeah. your thoughts on, 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 you know, how how music is consumed today? I mean, if you want my answer, it'll be it'll be kind of it'll be kind of hefty. It'll be a little. Nah, come on, that's, that's what we here for. This is entertainment right here. Well, I'll say this. About? I'll say this. Right. Let Let's start. Let's go. In, let's go in sections. One section is. I'm not. I like a lot of things. that's now I play all a lot of stuff, but I I don't like everything. Right. I didn't like everything in the 2000s. I didn't like everything in the 90s. I didn't like everything in the 80s. Right. You know what I'm saying? So music all change. It's a matter if you're gonna move to change or not. You can't stop the change, right? Right. Um. And nowadays, I think the problem is, and the reason why music is going the way it is, and everything is going the way it is with the business, mm -hmm. is because at one time things were structured. You got a record deal and things were structured. Not everybody could just be out. You was a special person. And that's the reason why you got that deal because you were special in music. Mm -hmm. You did it with, with a certain kind of thing to get signed. Mm -hmm. Now, anybody could be out. Yeah. Which is, is a good side to it and there's a bad side to it. The good side to it is that now you ain't got to wait for nobody to help you. You can help yourself, mm -hmm. right? The bad side to it is not everybody's talented. And when you have everybody doing the same thing, yeah, the same thing, how long do you think that's going to last? How long do you think that's going to be relevant? Now we're in a time where there's no number one album. That's the first time in history because mm -hmm. nobody want to do anything different. They scared to step out of their box. You don't even see women regular dancing anymore. Everything is twerking. Come on. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. how much do you think, how long do you think that's going to work? Mm -hmm. Coming from hip-hop, hip-hop was everything. Native tongue, gangster rap. You know, it was everything, different things. Whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, you had a, a melting pot of different stuff to do. But when you got everybody that's supposed to be a rapper, Everybody singing on their record. Mm -hmm. Everybody's a singer. Everybody coming they, they show and they rhyming over their words over their over their record. The I could only listen to your song on the radio. Why would I pay to come to a concert with a hundred thousand people there to hear you rhyme over your record? Mm. And that's what people. It's those things. It's like, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Right. It's just not what we come from. So, right. so now you have everybody doing these things. Mm -hmm. It becomes too accessible now. It, and now right. it's not special no more. Exactly. You see everybody on Instagram. Everybody has a platform. Everybody's a philosopher. Everybody got something to say. You know, it becomes a little bit monotonous. And so now you, you pull back, right? So right. now when you put music out, it's got to be something that's special, something that mm -hmm. nobody else is doing, or if they're doing it, you did it better or just as good. But if it's something that 
anybody could do, or you heard it 10 times after a while, it's going to be like, all right, you know what? I'm not going to buy your album. I'm going to buy one song off your album because mm. I like that one song because every the other nine or 10 or 12, whatever you got, they all sound like the one song I like. Right? Yeah. So now the narrative becomes that it's the singles that sell. Mm -hmm. But you put an album like out like The Love or Hitting Gems by The Hoodies or The Chronic by Dr. Dre or, you know, you know, or a Drake, you know, yeah. early Drake album, you know, yeah. a Wayne album. You put records that's a whole package, a whole yeah. thing. Yeah. They're not going to get just one song off your album. They're going to go get the whole project because the whole project is hot. And then you know, for people's attention spans, like I can't get with this this song, songs being a minute and forty five seconds. Like it's like well, it starts and stops like before I even get into it. Like, and that's I, another thing. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And this short, short attention span, short, mm -hmm. you know, feeding people's shortness because you want to be on to the next thing. You put a record out and don't move right away. You're on to the next thing. You're on to the next thing. Nothing is sticking and staying because you're not working it. You just want abundance of things. You think about streams, so you want to put as much stuff up there to get as much money in streams as you can get. Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, you know, the music ain't good. It ain't sticking. It ain't, it ain't you know what I'm saying? Like, it'll be here today, going tomorrow. And, and a lot of DJs on the radio, they're playing things for a second, and it's on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And it's been like that. It's 60,000 records coming out a week. Yeah. So nothing is sticking. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And, you know, so we have to figure out what well, I already figured out for myself, but how to do things a little different. Yeah, yeah. The way you can get the music to the people a little different. Yeah. Do you think... um you know, as terrestrial radio is kind of not saying dying out, it's not, it's not, it's competing with a lot of different mediums. Mm -hmm. um, the way that we break records, do you think we need to go back to getting it to the deep, like that exclusivity of, of breaking records? I mean, put it on the internet. All right, cool. But like that special moment where it was like, yo, stop what you're doing. I'm playing this before anybody else. Like, do you think that needs to come back to the game? Absolutely. Breaking records, absolutely. You know, stepping out. I just had a conversation with a very known DJ that everybody know um, about that. You know, about stepping out of yourself and not staying in one place, and you won't be a you won't be looked at as a legend <clears throat> if you just one sided. Mm. You got a whole thing that you yeah. could do to make you make you be looked at in a certain way but you sticking right here because you want to be safe you think this is safe that's not mm. what's going to make you a king you know mm. what i'm saying so you know um yeah i think the breaking the records i think that uh radio you know radio doesn't dictate what's hot no more right but if you're played on the radio consistently it can make you a superstar yeah you know what I'm saying? So push you to the masses. Either. It'll push you to the masses. It'll make you a superstar. You know, all the stuff that'll come from it is definitely that. But them playing your record one time just to say they played it. Yeah. You know, that doesn't do nothing for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's when it's broken, when you break the record, when you mm -hmm. you you blowing it up, you, you know, you going back to a stop it, playing it a few times. Like it's mm -hmm. that's when you're breaking the record and you and you really care about the you know the record. If you just throwing on because you just want to see I got the, I'm the first one with it, 
Yeah, uh, you yeah, tune your yeah. own horn. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. You you tooting your own horn about you the right. first one with the record. Who cares? Who cares? Are you breaking the record? Yeah. Are you yeah. making the record mean something? Is the yeah. record dope enough to even be broken, or are you just playing mm. it because you're the first one with it? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, how do you look at things? It's like, it's yeah, like, for sure, right? All in perspective, right? I mean, yeah. uh, the, the, the artist-DJ relationship, you know, do you even know how many, like, how many times your name is mentioned? And so, I mean, you took Biggie, Juicy, you got uh, DJ Cool, let me clear my throat. I mean, have you kept tabs on how many times you've been mentioned in records? I've been mentioned a lot. If you listen to Soundtrack to the Streets, my last album, up to that point, the beginning of the album, it goes kick Capri, all the mentions of my name in a different bunch of records. It's mm. on the beginning of that album. But I've been mentioning other records and other things, plus I put other records out. So yeah, I've been mentioning. And then there's three things that, that I come across. I didn't even know I was in, in mentioned in or talked about or anything like that. Yeah. You know, um, when Kendrick Lamar came and got me, I didn't even think he knew my history. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But he knew exactly, he knew exactly what it yeah. was. And he wanted the authenticity, you know, of what it was. Because I asked him, you know, yeah. why you didn't go get Battle Cat? West Coast legend, right. you know what I'm saying? Or get DJ Pooh, West Coast legend. It was like, those are my dudes, love them to death, but I know what you did for the music business. I know what you did for the DJ. I know what you did as a whole. I know how much you influenced. I didn't know he knew all that. You how know what I'm saying? How did that you feel personally? Huh? Said, what was that moment for you like personally? I mean, it was dope. It was, I looked at, I looked at the fact that, um, number one, this young dude, right? <clears throat> knew his history. Yeah. Right, so that was impressive to me. <clears throat> Number two, like I said, he could have used anybody, he didn't have to come get me to narrate that album. Right, he put my voices in places that I never even been to. You know, what I'm saying I've been a lot of places, but he put my voices in places I've never been to. I'm on the I'm on the only hip hop Pulitzer award winning album ever, ever. You know, what I'm saying so. I wish we could have did a lot more, like going on tour together and all that, because it would have been explosive. But he didn't need me; he was explosive anyway. But if it would have been me and him doing some things together on that road, it would have been too much. It would have been three much. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But what he did with me is yeah. more than enough, and it's wow. history forever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Kendrick Lamar, man. You know, one of the greatest to ever do it. Man. All right, I'm gonna play a game real quick, kid. Uh, so as a kid. I uh I collected records um mm -hmm. at the age of three. You know yep. what I'm saying? So I'ma just I just my, my record collections behind me. I'ma just grab some records and then we just whatever this artist meant to you means to you, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We we going, you know, real quick. All right, you ready? Okay. Yeah, here we go. First one. Bob Molly in the Revolutionary, brother. Okay. He, he he's a part of our life. He's a he's the fabric of, of our life. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. he didn't get a chance. To, he 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 did a lot, but imagine he was able to keep going. Ah oh, man. It'd have been too much. <laughs> I wonder about that, man. Like if Biggie or Park, you know what I'm saying? If they really had imagine Bob Marley at the age of a like a a Gregory Isaacs, mm. right? Right now, singing Bob Marley music. You know how praised he would be right now? Amy chills thinking about that. Singing No Woman With No Cry with Lauren Hill right now? Ooh. Crazy. Okay. 
Ready? Next one. Lionel, Lionel Richie. Richie dancing on the ceiling. Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie, one of the greatest writers of all time. Mm. Lionel Richie left the Commodores <laughs> and, and and so and so nine consistent platinum was it nine consistent platinum records behind each other back to back something like that one of the greatest writers ever and i'm gonna be perfectly honest with you i used to think a lot of which was corny at first no i just got to see him when he was on the road with Irwin and five when he came to dc one of the greatest performers oh album makers ever ever I didn't know how funny he was. I was like, oh, he got a little, he got a little comedian. And young looking as hell. <laughs> Still look young as hell. Yeah, facts. Facts. All right, next one. Frankie Bev, before I let go album. <laughs> you already know what that is. Come on. Uh, all right, let's see. Let's see. This should be a good one. BGs. One of the greatest groups to ever do it. Mm. <clears throat> Absolutely, staying alive album. It's hard to top that. Okay, I mean Thriller. Wow, but staying alive. That staying alive Saturday night live album, Saturday night Fever album. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. Life is full of things to manage: your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta Ofatumumab twenty milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Is that DMX? X. I ain't even open this one. Jeez. I used to put X on stage before when X had the high voice, before he had the dog voice. Whoa, wait a minute. Had, on, when he was voice. doing, when he had Born Loser out. He had a record called mm. Born Loser, and he used to come to the castle, and I used to put him on stage at the castle. That's why I expect me so much every time you see me, so much love, because I was help, trying to help him before he was anybody, before people really knew who he was, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't really do a whole lot, but whenever he was around, I put him on the mic, whatever, and he got a chance to get his thing off, and then he had the time he had started going back and forth with K-Solo with Spellbound and all that, you know, so, but... X is one of the most passionate dudes, man. To see him on stage crying and making a whole arena cry, yeah, we missed that dude, man. Yeah. All right, next one. Stevie Sorry. Wonder. Kick. He, he go. Kick Capri. <laughs> yeah, Stevie, man, the comedian. Stevie is just something. Think about, how, think about the level of artistry this dude is, man. The music this man put out, being blind and playing every the drums, keyboards, mm. at a high, high level records at a high level. One of the greatest, man. They need a Stevie Wonder movie. Oh, they need a Jim. Stevie Wonder movie. Jim. All right, last one. Cute. I used to call myself the Quincy Jones of hip hop. Mm. I wanted to be that. That's when I did soundtrack the streets. Listen, man, Quincy Jones called me and asked me to come in the studio to do his album, The Q's Juke Joint. First of all, I was bugging, all right, for that getting that call. Then I get in the studio 
and I'm sitting in between him and Rod Templeton, who is the one that wrote the Off the Wall album for Michael. Wow. I'm sitting in between both of them. They got their arms around me. So, kid, this is what I want you to do. I'm looking at both of them like, yo, this is crazy. I go in the room in the in the mic booth. He turns the track on. The track is Left the Good Times Rolls, the first track on the album. Uh-huh. Turns the track on, and I hear Stevie Wonder. I hear Ray Charles. I hear Bono. And I'm on the record with Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles and Bono from YouTube. I was in there. I almost fell to my knees. Stevie and Rick, I was bugging. Did the record album came out? He asked me to come to his um his uh birthday party at the Ritz. Mm-hmm. I walk in, I mean at the Roseland. I walk in the door. Soon as I walk in the door, the very first person I see, I had two of my mans with me. The very first person I see, Oprah Winfrey. Kid Capri, my baby. I love you. My two dudes looked at each other like this. <laughs> Quincy grabs me. Oprah takes me over to his. He had a case like this with 55 Grammy Awards that he won wow. in this case, bro. Like, wow. I've sat and talked to Quincy, man. It's like he had the last dragon glow around him. It's like unbelievable. There is no better producer. Nah, yeah, no, for real. You, you watch this documentary? Did I? Oh my god! Did I? Man, you see the big I, Michael Jackson picture behind him? <laughs> big crazy shit. The man. biggest there is. The yeah. biggest there is. All the all the TV shows he's produced yeah. that he owns. All of the the, the music he did, soundtracks, all that. He's untoppable. And then the add in adds the insult, the injury amongst all these things. Thriller. How you gonna beat that? You can't. He is the greatest of all, any, and every time. Mm. Let's not get that yeah. mistake. Yeah. What's one of the greatest pieces of advice Hugh's given you? What is one of the greatest advice I can give? No, no. What's well, what's one one of the greatest pieces of advice Quincy's given to you? Oh, oh, me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's to, he told me to stay focused on what I'm doing. Don't let nobody ever deter you what you want to do especially when it looked like it's not going good. Mm. He said, he, he told me, he said he did plenty of things that he thought would work that didn't work. Mm. And later on, things that he thought wouldn't work was his biggest things. So it's all timing. Yeah. It's all placement. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's people, it's, it, it's relationships, it's all these different things that happen that sometimes you would think that it's not going to work and then it does and it was, it's a beautiful thing. But then there's times where you think it should work and it don't. And he made me know that. Him, me know, him giving me that gem made me not be disappointed in anything that doesn't work the way I wanted to. Mm. I just go hard. I love it. I love it. Was there ever a party that you bombed or you just felt like it wasn't? Eh. There's never been a party where people say, yo, he was whack. There's yeah. been parties where I say, I had this party, this party was trash. Yeah. But for some reason, they thought it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So my level of expectation is high, but some people just, they'll be, you could do certain, uh, uh, not so much, and they're satisfied. They're just glad to see you there and you came and you made it happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know this is, this is going to be a hard one. I just, what do you think, 
is there is there a greatest moment that's happened party wise that you just greatest party ever that that you can you've done so many I, I know this is I've done 250 shows a year <laughs> I know I know I mean you've been all over the world you, you've seen so many things I know and I just had to ask it, it's just one of those I can give you one concert I can give you one concert that was one of my was probably my one of my greatest performances I ever did when I helped the Leah in uh the garden the Madison Square Garden the one out of the five or six times I did a show there but when I did that show I did the whole tour with her and on on that show was Mary J Blige and Bone Thugs Drew Hill and uh uh Genuine so Aaliyah needed you know she had a dance thing but she needed some aggression so that's why they came and got me to come out in the middle of a show so I would do this the whole country and everywhere was going crazy. It was really dope. But then when we got to the garden, you know, that was a real special one because they oversold the garden. And I seen Buster backstage, just right where you put your hands where I could see just that, just drop. I seen Buster backstage and I said, yo, Bust, I'm about to go on stage and tear this shit down and I'm gonna bring you out on stage with me. He was like, word. I was like, yeah, but I don't have a record. And I seen Flex, Funk, Funk Flex. Yo, Flex, you got the record? He's like, yeah. Pass me the record. Boom. Go up on stage. Me and Buster talk about this today. All right? Mm-hmm. There was, I did my 15-minute set. This place was just shaking. It was just outrageous. And then I stopped and said, yo, I ain't done. Boom, boom, boom. And Buster came out wiggling on the stage. Me and Buster talk about the wind that we felt from the people screaming at us in the crowd, from the audience, we felt the breath of them on our, while he was on stage. I was so glad that he was there to witness that because if I'd have told somebody, they'd be like, kid, shut up. But he was there wow. and felt the same thing I felt. Wow. He says to me a lot, yo, kid, do you remember what happened in the garden when we felt the breath of the people? He says it to me. Wow. It was that electric. I never had a show with people screaming like that. Mm. It was the whole garden, man. It was just looked like thing. my daughter's mother, Venus Love's mother, she always went to all the concerts at the garden. She was in the stands. She was up in bleachers. She said, okay. It looked like people were throwing people. She said, I never seen nothing like that in no concert. Mm. It was that it was that crazy. So somebody had caught it on video, of course. I just don't have the video, but I wish I did. But it was a real special show. What made it more special? It was for Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. Later on, she passed away. So I'm so glad I was able to help her with that tour and be a part of her life. She was like a little sister to me. You know what I'm saying? Like we was always cool on tour, always talking. She'd come to my room, hang out, talk, chop it up. Me and her father Mike, rest in peace. Super cool, you know what I'm saying? Like it, Aaliyah was special. That hurt my heart when she died. Yeah, you know? yeah. I I never forget. I was listening to the radio, I was listening yeah. uh, WPGC, and that joke came on, and they breaking news. I was like, oh man, that but, was um, uh, yeah. But uh, woo. As um as I uh, you know, you've seen so much. You've been there for for so many legendary things. As fifth as uh, hip hop has graciously turned fifty. Where do you want to see hip hop go for the next 50 years and beyond? 
Hey, man, <clears throat> I want to see people get creative and continue to take care of families, you know, create opportunities for people. I don't want to see people abuse it. I don't want to see it go down in the drain. I want to see it be uplifted and, and preserved and, and loved like we always love it. We all love it. We just abuse it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And and let's just let's just try to understand what's at stake. Understand that it's big, big business, and you can get a lot out of it, and you're creating generational wealth for people. You know, we can help so many people, you know, that's not that's not as talented, that don't that don't really probably have the health to even get up and do stuff for themselves. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's so many things that we can do instead of doing the negative. That same energy that we put in the negative, put in the help of somebody or put in making this thing better than what it is or whatever the case may be. I mean, it's great already, but like I said, let's just worry about doing that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, we're going to have edgy shit. It's going to be beef. It's going to be problems. It's going to be bar fights. Right. It's going to be all that, but let's just leave it there. Bar fight. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Kid, uh, man, this has been an honor. Anything that we need to be on the lookout in the near future? Uh, Listen, right up. now, the Hoodies yeah. album Hitting Gems is smacking. Produced yeah. by the Kid Capri is out there right now. These two young brothers, man, when I tell you they are a problem, listen to the album Hitting Gems. Y'all going to love this album. You're going to love the love album by the Kid Capri. Yeah, listen to what I'm telling you. If you haven't heard these joints, Go listen. I have so much other stuff coming. Also, we got Black Rob. I did a record with Black Rob, but this new album that's dope called Get It, Get It. Y'all might want to check that out. It's a real dope record. But the hoodies out right now hitting gems. Go get that album. And the love it. album from the kid. I love it. And then you said the movie. We got we, we got a movie. The documentary, okay. 95% done. We still okay. 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 I like it. I like it's it. almost done. Okay. It's going to set a whole lot of stuff straight. Yeah, I love it. I love it, man. Another world premiere. Another world premiere. Right. Hey, kid, man. Thank you so much, man. It's been an honor. It's been a privilege. 50 years of of this wonderful thing we call hip hop. 50 more to go. It's been an honor and a privilege. The one and only Gay Capri. Right here on Hip Hop. Appreciate you, boy. Yes, sir.